This episode of the Jack Vita Show is brought to you by CBS All Access. CBS All Access, I'm talking about every single episode. The best streaming service in the game. A rich library of CBS and Viacom originals and classics. Lots of great stuff. It's the best place you can watch reality TV. You can watch old Nickelodeon shows. They got a lot of other good stuff on Comedy Central. A bunch of Paramount movies. BET, CMT, Spike TV, every other TV that you could imagine. Lots of great stuff over there. So go to jackvita.com slash CBS and get a free one-week trial. After that, it's $5.99 a month. Sign up today. And every time you do that, this podcast is funded. We're also brought to you by our friends at Fanatics and the MLB Shop your one-stop shop for apparel. Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics if you're looking to grab some swag for your favorite college or professional team. And if you want MLB licensed apparel, go to jackvita.com slash MLB shop. Lots of great stuff over there. And every time you make a purchase through those links or you click on the ad banners on my website, jackvita.com, This podcast is funded. Once again, really appreciate our sponsors and I appreciate all of you for making this possible. Now, let's get to today's show. What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, and man, it is right now, as we record this game, Packers and Colts, it's a tight one right now. That game will end sometime as I'm recording this, but it is Sunday evening, 6.15 p.m., November 22nd. We are recapping a weekend in football, plenty of good stuff that we saw over the weekend, Lots that happened in the Big Ten. Two huge Big Ten games. We will talk plenty of that. We have a new episode of Sports Jeopardy coming out. On Tuesday night, I will be live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You're not going to want to miss that as I compete against Chase Beebe and Nathan Santo Domingo in sports trivia. You're not going to want to miss out on that one, folks. So make sure you're following. You're subscribed to this podcast and you're following me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, YouTube.com slash Jack Vita, and my Twitter handle is at Jack Vita Show. We'll be available live Tuesday night, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. Sports trivia. You're not going to want to miss out. I'll also be coming out with a college basketball episode sometime this week as we get set for college hoops beginning on Wednesday. It's going to be a great week, folks, uh, but let's... Let's dive into what we have today. Let's talk some college football, the NFL. I have an excellent guest joining me right now, calling in all the way from Boston. It's been a while since he's been on the show, maybe about a year and a half or so, but he did a great job last time we talked. He was a star basketball player at Dartmouth, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to have him here. Connor Bame, how are you doing tonight, sir? Well, Jack, thank you for having me on uh, for a, for a second time. 
Uh, I'm now a recurring guest on the show, so <laughs> so thank you. But all all is well. Uh, you know, we got we got sports back onto the TV. Masters was was great. Watching a lot of football, so no complaints over here. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I, you said it best. I mean, I think it was a lot more challenging to quarantine when we didn't have sports on, but we have had a huge buffet of sports, uh, sort of like a sports Thanksgiving, if you will. I know. It, it's been great. It's, it's finally here. It's, <laughs> it, you can appreciate it just so much more after going through, well, how many months was it with no sports? About four months. Yeah, so, so taking it in and certainly um, appreciating it. Absolutely. Connor, I know you are a huge Ohio State fan, so let's just dive oh, right yeah. in. We'll get you we'll get you started with that Ohio State Indiana game yesterday. Ended up being a fairly decent game. So it, it was it was a good game. Um I, you know, after the first what was it, two plays on offense for Ohio State, Justin Justin Fields threw two two passes, a great touchdown pass. And I thought, uh oh, this is over. Um, it's going to be the same old Ohio State and the same old Indiana. But Indiana <laughs> just stuck in there, was hanging around, and I think Indiana is actually good. Indiana um, is good, which is <laughs> which is wild. I think they're the they're the second best team in the in the Big Ten East. Yes, um, which is crazy to say. So good for good for Indiana. Good for um, Michael Penix Jr. Um, but I was I was a little disappointed with with how Ohio State turned out there. Um, no offensive touchdowns in the second half. Justin yeah. Fields was probably his his worst game at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, at the at the end of the day, they just have more talent than Indiana. But you know, when it comes to playing at Clemson or playing in Alabama, they're going to have to step up. Um, so credit to Indiana for, for playing hard and playing through and, you know, a win is a win, but got to play better down the road. If you're Ohio state, there were three plays. I'm sure that you could recall each of them that I think, man, if one of these plays had swung in the favor of Indiana, this game either goes to overtime or Indiana might win this game outright. The first one was that fourth down in the first quarter where Indiana had the ball and the Buckeyes around the 40, 45 oh, yard line. Yeah. Just the drop pass yep. uh, by Freifogel. Yeah. You remember that one? How could you drop that pass? Yeah. He had a that little slant a brutal, route right across the middle, drop. right off his hands. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was, it was a couple plays prior and I forget if it was him, but uh, one of the wide receivers on, on Indiana just got lit up <laughs> by the Ohio state secondary. So I could see his eye. His eyes were creeping, and he, he was coming across the middle, and he was worried about getting a, a beat down from the Ohio State uh, secondary. But yeah. that was just an absolutely brutal drop for them. Yeah, I agree. It looked like he was thinking about the twenty yards that he was going to pick up after the catch. He was wide open, and instead, they end up turning the ball over in that instance. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think you know they had a couple unlucky breaks, but. Uh, so did Ohio State. I think you know the, the refs missed a fumble a couple plays prior. Uh, we can talk about this later, but <laughs> the Big Ten refs were just absolutely horrendous. I don't know, you know, <laughs> if, if you're the Big Ten, you have to look at who your refs were and uh, and have a lot of internal thought about how how they're gonna how they're gonna be going forward. I don't know if they were all out during you know their starting ref crew was out because uh, of COVID or what. But that was just a, a disgusting performance by the refs all weekend, and including in that game, 
uh, Ohio State, Indiana. Uh, they, they were bad on both sides. Yeah, they were. You're right. And Connor, I'm glad you brought up the refs because I had never in my life before seen a forced fumble by an official, but we got one in this game. I know. It, and, and that wasn't even the worst part of the, the whole roughing experience. But yeah, the <laughs> Indiana guy came across the middle and uh, the, the ref pulled a peanut punch and, and, and knocked <laughs> it free, which was another you know really unlucky break for Indiana because they were down in the red zone. So it looked like the Ohio State guy knocked into the ref and then the ref kicked out his leg and then the leg was the thing that jarred the ball loose. Is, did I see that correctly? Am I remembering that right? Is that what it looked like happened? Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right, but it was just another <laughs> unfortunate break for Indiana. And all credit to them, I, I had, I had, uh, I was not expecting that performance coming into the day, um, but, but they, they're tough. You know, I would love to see them go against uh, up against like a Wisconsin or or Northwestern um, here at the end because you know they they really impressed me. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't see that this year. It's yeah. not on the schedule, unfortunately. But the the other play was the play where uh, Mike Penix Jr. and my goodness, what a day he had! He threw for four hundred ninety one yards and five touchdowns. He had himself a day, but both these two instances we brought up, receivers letting him down, and that trend continued. It was in the third quarter. He had a guy running a fly route that he hit in stride, went right off his hands, and the next play ended up being a pick six. Yeah. Oh, Nathan Rice brutal. calling into the show right now. Let's uh, let's get him on. Wow. Let's, let's get the Nate dog on. Nathan, what's up? You're on the show. No way. Yes. So ladies and gentlemen, we just had a very awesome thing happen. Nathan Rice just called into the show. We thought he wasn't going to be able to make it. He made it. Nathan, we were just talking about how Indiana suffered some bad breaks. But what really impressed me and Connor was the way that they bounced back from those breaks and still made it an extremely competitive game. And, and by the way, Vita, why isn't anyone talking about Michael Penix Jr. for Eisen? I, I mean, yeah. you know, I get that it's usually the best player on the best team and it's the undefeated guys. And it's either the, the Alabama running back or the Clemson quarterback. But Michael Penix Jr. has had one of the best seasons in college football. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, taking him, I'm taking him over Kyle Trask. I'm taking him over Mac Jones. I mean, let's, let's have some fun and throw, throw Michael Penix into the Heisman mix, huh? What do you think about that, Nathan? You know, I don't even know who that is. Is is that the Indiana quarterback? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Indiana quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you know, he is really good. Number eight. I I typically go by numbers. I'm not a big name. Oh, yeah, we'll is throw it the nine, maybe? next time. <laughs> yeah. Single digit, something like that. <laughs> yeah, please, it sounds like you're die. playing the college football video game on PlayStation with <laughs> just the numbers. Yeah, Connor, if we can throw the number every time, that'd be very yeah. helpful. Um, I, he's the real deal. I mean, he's mobile, and it seems like he's pretty accurate. And I felt like every time he thought IU, like you guys said, was out of it, they came right back. So I respect them. I, I really respect the Ohio State Buckeyes. So for them to even hang in there must mean that they're really the real deal. Yeah, I think the, to answer your question, Connor, it's just it's a very crowded field. There are a lot of guys you could look at. Zach Wilson out of BYU. 
uh, Najee Harris at Alabama. And I mean, Trevor, I guess, has missed a game or two. So at least Clemson didn't even play this week. So I, I do think there there's a very strong case to be made. I just think that, unfortunately for him, he lacks the uh, the star power. He's not a guy that, since Indiana's not going to play in the uh, in the playoff, and also they're a school in the Midwest. They don't have the coastal bias thing going for them. So uh, I, I think he should be in the mix, yeah. though. I think there are a lot of good quarterbacks. I, I, I just hate how the Heisman's become the you know the best player on the best team sort of yeah. thing because there's there's awesome college football players everywhere that aren't necessarily either on Alabama or on Clemson or or whatever. And I've been impressed with his play. So I'm trying to get that get that out in the world. Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman. Yeah, I like it. I I think that's a good take. I mean, I I you could sell me on Mike Penix Jr. for Heisman. I don't really oh, yeah. think there's a clear front runner right now. I think he's putting himself in there. Very least, he's going to be on the Heisman watch list going into next year. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a sophomore. Yeah. 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 He, he's an awesome. He's a gamer. He's an awesome yeah. player. Did you? Yeah, Indiana uh, football you, is going to be a problem for Big Ten moving forward. We we should talk about the big game of the week though. And that was the Northwestern Wildcats. That was a big deal. What number players were you most impressed with, Nathan, in that game? I I love number 12. (laughs) I love number 12, the Cats quarterback. uh, Peyton Ramsey. Peyton, exactly, Ramsey. I actually just learned that his dad was a head football coach. And actually, Connor, it's a school in Cincinnati. It's called Muller, I believe. It's It's like the big one, yeah. Yeah, it's like a really good, like, like the new career of Cincinnati. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> so good at football, and you could just tell that number twelve comes from a like a football family because he's just he's smart, he's poised. I really like. I think him. that's where I think that's the same high school that uh, uh, Schwarber went to. I know oh, that really? Rudolph went to Muller. I really hope that it's Muller. I know it's some school in Cincinnati, but I know that no. it's a prominent football school. It is, it is it is Mueller. Mueller's like the uh, I said Northwestern, but they're really like the like the main South of of Ohio. <laughs> they, they run it. They really do. So yeah, I I, I like him a lot. He's he he's had five years to fill out the game. So <laughs> who's his quarterback coach? Do you know, <laughs> it's, it's not Jeff Christensen. Uh, okay. Oh, actually, you know what? It might be. I've seen some. Uh, He's definitely gone to his camps because I've seen him on the Instagram. It would make sense. Yeah, uh, it would make sense. Vita, Nathan's, uh, Nathan is, for, for those of the, uh, those of you guys listening that may not know, Nathan was the quarterback for, for Nature High School. Um, Back up. Was it? Yeah, uh, 2000, Back up. 2008 to 2012. Yeah. Um, and his, his quarterback coach, Jeff Prince, has gone on and uh, he, he's the coach for Trubisky. He's the coach for, I think, Garoppolo, uh, doing big things out there. He's got my Oh, wow. Vita, I have this quarterback coach who, and, and I wasn't probably the best athlete, but the one thing the guy like just preached on is getting the football out as fast as possible. And his philosophy always like made a ton of sense to me. I think he would take like average quarterbacks and make them good. And then he started working with some NFL guys. And now he's like he's working with Mahomes, he's working with Garoppolo, wow. he's got like a whole roster, and 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 his whole like philosophy stems from just getting the ball out as fast as possible because in the NFL, like you know, milliseconds can be the difference between a touchdown and an interception. 
It's That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a true master. He's a master of his craft. Well, Northwestern. But, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead, Connor. I was going to ask you if you watched the, the Northwestern-Wisconsin game. Oh, I did. I watched it all right. I, I'm a big Cats fan, so I was pretty Are pumped you? up about that one. And I got to say, new rankings came out. Northwestern at 11. Wisconsin, Ooh, about that. Wow. Wisconsin was 10 coming into that game, and they had only played two games, and Northwestern beat them. So why can't yeah. Northwestern move into the big, the top 10? I think their their offense is, you know, Peyton Ramsey, yeah, yeah. I think their offense is not very good. Um, I mean, their offense didn't do a thing against Wisconsin. It's their defense that, that is really impressive. Uh, their defensive back, they had some kit guy on their – one of the defensive backs, number two, was just an absolute monster the entire game. Um, so I, I was impressed with Northwestern. Um, I think they would probably be third or fourth in the Big Ten East. Um, but they're going to come out of the Big Ten West, and I think – you know, it should be, you know, I, I got Buckeyes by 35 points in the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, is it a bold thing to say that the Cats have the best defense in the country? <laughs> it's a bold thing to say because I'm taking Ohio State's defense over them. <laughs> I might even take Indiana over Indiana's defense over them. No, I, I, I think the Cats would beat down Indiana, but I think everyone's going to have a hard time with Buckeyes. That's a good team. I love the new coach, Connor. I think he's great. Ryan Day, he is awesome. Yeah. He's an awesome recruiter. If you guys uh, if you guys want to get motivated one morning, he's got like a really motivational like hype video right before like the new season. That's really oh, good. I'll have to check that out. But uh yeah, yeah, Northwestern, I will say, Connor, obviously it's not they're not a powerhouse offensively, but it's a lot better from where they were a year ago. So most Northwestern fans are happy to have a quarterback, to have an offense that looks at least decent. Um, they were putting up some points in the first couple games they played. Didn't put up too many. They did have that fumble on the goal line yesterday. That uh, that was another play that I mean made the game a little closer than it probably should have been. But they did not have any real problems with, with Wisconsin. I think that Ohio State will win that Big Ten championship game because, hey, it, it's Ohio State. But I think it'll be a little closer than 35 points. I would I would look at that as a potential, like, 35-17 type of score. Yeah, no, we'll see. They, they did meet in 2018 in, in, the, in the Big Ten championship. Yes. That might have been a 50-point. That might have been a 50-point game. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember. I watched it at Bat 17 in Evanston. I think the yeah. Buckeyes were the national championship. No, it, it was it was a 21-point game. But, but it, that, you know, that, yeah. that was not a real game. I mean, Ohio State's in a different class. They well, they, they weren't this past weekend, though. I mean, Indiana's better, probably a better team than Northwestern is. But and I'll, I Northwestern doesn't have the – they can't – they don't have a guy like Penix who can – keep them in a game like that where they could score 35 points. But uh, they did look as you were not super uh, impressed with your squad this past weekend, Connor. I wasn't super impressed, but at the end of the day, you know, a win is a win. Um, and, and I'm confident that they'll they'll take the Big Ten championship um, with ease. But, you know, the, the next question on my mind really now is, how are we going to match up against Clemson? How are we going to match up against Alabama? I I agree with Connor. I think a 
Kyle, tell me if I'm wrong. I think Ohio State can sometimes play down to their competition. There's no one. There's yeah. no one in the Big Ten that can play up to the Clemsons and the Panthers of the world. Exactly. Yeah. I agree, Nathan. I, I know you're uh, you're running the interview, but I, I have a couple <laughs> questions for you. Yeah. Let's hear it. Reverse. If you're the if you're the AD of of Michigan, what are you, what are you doing at the end of the season with with, with Harbaugh? <laughs> well. We've been uh, on Harbaugh watch for the past few weeks here on this podcast, and I feel like I keep going back and forth. But to make things short, because I've gone into greater detail on this over the last few weeks, I would say that I think if you you boot Harbaugh, I don't know what you're going to replace him with that's going to get you that next level. And you run the risk of turning into one of these schools like Nebraska or Tennessee or some of these schools that used to be powers that are now irrelevant entirely. And I think Michigan as it stands right now is a good team perennially and they've been in the mix. They've been interesting. He's recruited well. He hasn't been able to pull in in a big time quarterback, at least a quarterback that can win those big games and they haven't been able to win big games, but it has been a weird year with COVID and everything like that. You don't want to be a school where you just kind of run through coaches every five years or so. So I would actually, he's got one year left on the contract. Is it worth paying Jim Harbaugh $10 million not to coach your school next year? I say no. I say just let it play yeah, out and then make a decision yeah. after next year. Yeah, you make a good argument and you probably convinced me. Um, I'll throw <laughs> another Big Ten team at you though. Well, what does Nathan think? Uh, I think he came from one more year, but if he doesn't pan out, he definitely needs to go. I think in, in college football, like the coach has a lot more input into like the the path of the team than any other sport because they're like the scout, they're like the on field manager, they're the player coach, they're the everything. So the fact that they can't perform and can't be good teams, I just I wouldn't waste my time with them. Well said. Yeah. Well said. All right. What's the All next right. one, Connor? A new question for both of you guys: If you are the AD of Nebraska. What what are you doing at the end of the year, Scott Frost? Now, Nebraska has just been pitiful. They just lost by 20, 25 points to Illinois. And, and you know, they've been bad each of the past five years. But if you're going to be the bottom of the barrel type team in the Big Ten East, you have to do something, right? I would also let that play out a little longer just because this is year three of Scott Frost. He's an alum. They were so excited to get him, and he did such a remarkable job at UCF. I'd just give it a little more time, and again, similar type of thing. I'd let it play out a little longer. But I have been surprised because I, I thought they were going to be tougher than this uh, coming into this year. They're pathetic, Jack. <laughs> yeah. They're pathetic. Uh, they used to be a powerhouse back in the day. Oh, yeah. I know. They should have stayed in the Big 12. Yeah, they, they should stayed. have. Yeah. Okay, so w- one last two. question for you guys, and this one hits a little bit close, closer to Nathan's uh, heart. <laughs> if you are the AD of the University of Texas, Ooh. what are you doing with Tom Herman at the end of this year? I'm firing him, and we're hiring Matt McConaughey to be the football coach. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you, you have to get rid of him. Now, you just mentioned, Nathan, you just mentioned Ryan Day a little bit earlier. I don't know if you saw this story. 
Um, but they, uh, Texas had the, the number one recruit in the nation for the class of 2022, this quarterback out of straight out of Friday night lights out of some Dallas suburb that was all the rage last weekend. He decommitted from Texas and committed to Ohio state. Now you can't have that, those types of things at Texas. And I think, you know, it's time to move on to Tom Herman. I think that if Texas is blue Texas and they, they got some big problems. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That is a situation where I would be fine pulling the trigger. I mean, that's just, I mean, we go through this every single year. It's always like, oh, Texas is a top 10 team this year. They're finally going to be like, you guys know Anthony Cernus. Cernus says, he told me week one, they're making the playoff. And I said, no chance. The same story every year with Texas. Yeah, it is. They're they're sitting in the biggest town pool in the country in their backyard. I think back in the day in Texas, like if you were really, really good in in football and you played high school football in Texas, your dream was to play in Texas. There's like no ifs or buts. And now you've got people going to Oklahoma and TCU and A&M and Tech. There's so many, there's so many schools that all these kids want to go to. So, I don't know. I just think I think it's a different. It kind of like Nebraska almost. It's like it might be a different day and age for Texas football in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's just too bad because Texas. You know, '06 Vince Young Texas. Those teams were so awesome. Oh my god! Uh, and those were the best. They're nowhere close to that. And, and you know, college football is better when Texas is good. Uh, so you know, it's a shame. I agree. I agree. I agree. And Oklahoma came back to relevancy. Oklahoma had some rough years, but they're back. So why can't Texas be back? Right. I think I think it's going to take a like absolute superstar coach to come up there and change that program around. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. And anyone fire you can think of with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley would do it. Maybe let's go out there and get yeah. Saban. I think Saban's got some years left in him. Urban Meyer have one more trip around. Oh, I love Ooh, that. Oh, that's a good one. I would love that. I'd be very upset if John Harborough went there. Hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Harbaugh. <laughs> Keep him away. Keep him away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are good questions, Connor. Yeah, those are some good ones. Do you have any other ones, oh, yeah. Connor? I, I have one for both of you guys. Yeah, let's hear it. Is Notre Dame the real deal? Connor first. I'll go, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go first. So my answer is no. Um, I do not think they're the real deal. Now they played well at home versus Clemson, who's starting their backup quarterback, who's never started before. Took them into double overtime. You know, I think in the trenches, offensive defensive line, Notre Dame recruits with the best of them. I think they recruit right up there with Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. But I think at the skill positions uh, is where you see a little bit of a breakdown, and and particularly at the quarterback position. I know Ian Book has been there forever, but you can't put Ian Book up against uh, Trevor Lawrence or just uh, a Justin Fields. He's not the same caliber of guy. Um, and we've seen it time and time again where where they get to the to the big stage, they get to the playoffs. Uh, and they come up against one of these teams that just, you know, they're in a different class. So I think that's going to happen again. I do think they'll probably make it to um, the college football playoff. I don't know if they'll have to play Clemson again in the ACC. They do. But I think ACC, ACC championship game. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, then they're not winning. Doesn't that, that throw a wrench in everything? Isn't that pretty wild? That throws a, 
yeah, that throws a big wrench into it. But yeah, I guess we'll see during the ACC championship game, but I do not think that Notre Dame is for real. Yeah, I think Notre Dame, they're going to have to lose that game close. Obviously, you want to win that game, but if they don't get blown out, they'll have a chance in the playoff. If they do get blown out, then there's no way you can have them in the playoff because then it'll be the same thing. On the 19th of December, you see them get blown out by Clemson, and then two weeks later, you see them get blown out by Alabama. No one wants to see that. I agree. I agree. Now, I think they're they're probably a little bit better than they have been in, in years past, but it's the same yeah. old story time and time again, you know, where, where they run through their easy schedule. And I know they'd be Clemson, but it was, you know, a freshman quarterback. We've seen it a bunch of times where they, they get up to the big stage and they just fail to deliver. And I think, you know, this year won't be an exception. So if Notre Dame loses that game, that opens up a spot for a fourth team to come into the playoffs. So now as it sits right now, here are your five, six, seven, eight. I'll give I'll give you the the rest of the top ten. Five A and M, who hasn't played in two weeks because of COVID. Mm. Florida six with Trask, who lost to A and M, but that was only a three point game and it was on the road. So maybe you, some people might view that game as a. Uh, I mean, if those two teams are neck and neck, obviously you favor A and M, but that's not a bad loss because that's like you know you, you give three points when you go on the road or uh, when you play on the road. Uh, Cincinnati is sitting at 7. They're 8-0 in the American. BYU, 9-0, and they're at number 8. And then Oregon, now moving in the top 10. Miami's still hanging around the top 10. <laughs> it's kind of weird. They keep almost losing. They haven't been overly impressive. Who do you guys like out of that bunch to potentially sneak into the playoff? Um, so you mentioned please. Florida. Florida's going to come out of the SEC East and they're going to get routed in the SEC championship game by Alabama. So that takes out Florida. <laughs> Next is A&M, who's presumably going to not lose another game going into the year with one loss. But guess what? They got routed by Alabama in early October. They're, yeah. they're in a different class of, of teams. They're, they're not in the same class. So I think you have to throw out A&M on the basis of that. I think you give Cincinnati or you give BYU a shot. Yes. I mean – they're trying their their hardest to find you know people to play, and I know that they played a t- Cincinnati played a tough UCF team Saturday. Why not give them a shot? You know, I would I would really hate to see an, a, a one loss team who we've seen play you know one of the one of the other four teams in the playoffs get in and leaving out an undefeated BYU or leaving out an undefeated Cincinnati. Give them a shot, let them play. Uh, I think that would be fun to see. I agree with Connor. I think. Uh, Forget his name again, but number one on BYU. I think he's the real deal. Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be a serious. Yeah, Zach Wilson. He's going to be a serious NFL quarterback. And I think that they're good enough where if they don't lose a game, they deserve a spot to at least play in the semifinals. And then if they do lose a game and the Cats even lose Ohio State, I still think they deserve a spot. (laughs) Well, yeah, BYU's got the star quarterback, Zach Wilson, and they – that was an impressive win. They went on the road, I think it was last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, when they went on uh, Boise State's blue turf and they blew them out. Uh, give, I want to see one of those schools get a chance. I was tweeting about it earlier. Now, I don't know if the committee will actually do that because we saw this thing play out. It was obviously a different set of circumstances with UCF, however. Two years undefeated. I thought UCF definitely should have gotten in at 17. Uh, it, that's a whole other story. 
BYU, Cincinnati, I'd like to see one of those two schools get a chance. And I, I also think we should expand the playoff for that matter because I would like to see those teams oh, get yeah. in regardless. I agree. I mean, I think it's a matter of time before it goes to eight. Um, I mean, that's, that's a lot of extra football, but there's so much money on the line. Um, and I think people are getting tired of seeing the same three or four teams in the playoff every single year. Um, and it's just sort of rotating between, between them. So, uh, I, I would, you know, be in favor. Let's, let's, you know, I, I love the idea of 18 playoffs, every conference championship winner goes of the power five, right? Group of five, right? Yep best of the group of five and then two at large. I mean, that is a perfect, perfect way to do it and would set up for some really exciting football. Yeah, I agree. It's just unfortunate that some teams lose in the court of public opinion than actually losing on the field. That's that's one of the things I think is a tough sell for some people to get into college football in the first place. And we all love March Madness. We love the tournament. It, you mentioned it, Connor. There's a big gap right now between Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and maybe you want to throw Georgia in there. Those three or four teams, Oklahoma gets in there every year. Those teams and then everybody else. And, uh, yeah, people are tired of those matchups. We typically get at least one game each year in the playoff. That's a big blowout. So if we could have a little first-round primer where maybe BYU has to go up against Clemson and it's a somewhat close game, I think that would be a lot of fun, and people could fill out brackets too for that matter that people would enjoy doing that. That would be a lot of fun. That would be I fun. agree. If you give every conference championship a winner or every conference championship winner uh, a chance to play in, in the playoff, how awesome do the conference, the, not, even, not only the, the, the conference schedules, but the conference championships become that becomes like a whole another day in itself. Um, so I think yeah. there, you know there's a lot of excitement uh, to go around to structuring it that way. Totally, and that's the other thing is that right now a lot of the time the schools that you get are all from the south. They're all from the same region of the country. So let's say you get Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. So you do get a midwestern school, and Oklahoma's a little west, but you're not really reaching all the different parts of the country. And what I think is really cool about March Madness is you have every single region of the U.S. getting involved, and there's a regional interest everywhere. That's a good point. And now the Pac-12 is sort of doing that to themselves. The Pac-12 is pathetic and pitiful. <laughs> um, I actually think they should, be, they should be relegated to a group of five conference. I, I would take uh, the AAC over the Pac-12 <laughs> to become a Power Five conference. That's how bad the Pac-12 is. <laughs> Um, so they're sort of doing that to themselves, but I agree. You need some more variety in here. You need a little bit more uh, diversity. Um, and I think there's a lot of promise with expanding to eight. I agree. I think naturally Connor and you know, it's going to keep expanding. I mean, if you think about like every other sport, there's like a regular season winner. And then there's like a playoff winner. I feel like college is the only one where you really just kind of win two games. It's, there's no real right. journey where like it's exciting and, you know, one team can kind of set themselves apart for having kind of that playoff mojo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Connor, you got any other college football stuff? Because I know you got to get going. Anything else from the weekend? No, I mean, I watched a little bit, bit of that Michigan Rutgers take, and I, and, and I know we've, we've talked about Harbaugh, but it's really sad to see where Michigan has become right now. Um, did you watch the, the Purdue game on Friday night? Yeah, I did. That was that was an odd that game. That was uh, that was the worst 
call. Well, maybe besides for that, that Saints pass interference call, <laughs> that was the single worst call I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, if that if that ref ever coaches another college football game, I if I'm Purdue, I would sue the Big Ten. <laughs> That's how bad it was. It was it was a disgusting display, and, and it, it really you know I I was beat up all weekend. Over. Connor, I think I think you just said it perfectly. That was terrible. That uh, was world was he watching? Yeah. Loss is a big deal. It should never be off mental air. Yeah, it was awful. Another couple other games we can mention here briefly. Uh you guys catch the Tulane Tulsa game on Thursday night. That was a fun one. Uh I did not know. Oh, it was it was just a good game. Went to double overtime. Tulsa ended up coming out on top, thirty to twenty four. And then something else that's interesting to note: Oklahoma's had a nice little bounce back. Uh, they started out the season rough, and I mean they're not they're not going to make they the playoff losses, or anything. Right? Yeah, they have two losses, so they're not going to be in the playoff. Yeah. But Spencer Rattler is really coming into his own right now. Through four touchdowns, three hundred yards, uh, and they routed Oklahoma State last night. Yeah, Bedlam is always a fun one. You know, it seems like Oklahoma's won that game for the past 20 years. I would love to see Oklahoma State make some somewhat of a comeback, but yeah. I thought they were finally going to do it. Yeah, me too. But it, it seems like there's not going to be any uh, Big 12 representation in the playoffs this year. Yeah, probably not. Coastal Carolina, undefeated. Good game with Appalachian State. USC, maybe there is USC interesting this time around connor is it just that they're not playing anyone yeah, in the he just heard me go off on the pac 12 <laughs> US, usc is a bunch of frauds they're not going anywhere they 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 are not going anywhere actually i would love to see them get into the uh, the playoff just so i could see ohio state beat them up by 60 points um, i'm not worried about usc or the pac 12 you know they could not play for you know they should they should have they should even come back to play um uh, but, you know, uh, I guess a good win versus Utah. And uh, Liberty finally fell. That was 15-14. They lost to NC State. And they kept running on the screen. I don't know if you guys watched game day, but they had an interview with, um, uh, I can't remember that guy. It's not Woj, but it's the other guy whose name sounds like Woj, who's on Around the Horn, who I'm talking about. Bald-headed guy with yeah, the glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, they had a sit-down interview with him and Hugh Freeze, and they asked Hugh Freeze, are you going to try to find a job in the Power Five? And he said no, and they kept running that at the bottom of the screen the whole day, and then they ended up losing to a Power Five school. So I thought that was kind of funny. Liberty's great, um, but Hugh Freeze, I mean, he doesn't care about Liberty. Isn't he the guy that... Uh, <laughs> Was calling the the hookers for yes, the he was. I, I don't know what he's doing <laughs> yeah, at Liberty. I mean, <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Right. He's, 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 he's a great coach, but he's probably running the, the same old playbook uh, for at Liberty to get those guys. <laughs> um, he, he's gone at the end of this year. He's going to find some you know some power five school to jump to. I'm sure he'll be ending up uh, at the wrong side of NCAA sanctions sometime soon. What were him and Jerry Falwell doing together <laughs> at Liberty? Yeah. <laughs> I hope this guy gets rid of his hooker addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Vita. Yes. Um, great. Thank you for having me on. It was great to talk some college football. Wait, Connor, I have, I have one last question before you leave. 
Yeah. Are the Bears doomed? The Bears are doomed as long as the, the current ownership uh, group, the owners stay in place. Um, yeah. They will never, you know, they're in it to, to squeeze a profit. They're in it to make money, which they do a great job of, but they're not in it to win games. So It's actually you know, interesting. They're like, aren't they one of like the very like few owners that this is like their sole income? Oh yeah, no, that's 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 a hundred percent it. They, like right. this is, you know, they're not independently wealthy. Their wealth comes from the bears, so the money that they make is important. Um, and yeah. their ex- the expense side of the equation is really important. So, you know, uh, drafting Trubisky and that investment was that was we lost ten years because of that. Uh, because we're not going to get rid of Nagy. We're not going to get rid of Pace. We're going to, you know, get some middling quarterbacks for the time. So uh, maybe in five years we can look up and, and maybe we get lucky in a draft, but the Bears are in, are, are doomed. Sounds like someone's got to change hands. <laughs> right. Well, Connor, thank you so much for your time. And would you thank like you, to uh, plug anything else while you're here? No, uh, uh, n- nothing to plug other than just saying, Thanks for having me on. You're doing a great job, Jack. Really appreciate it. Um, and, and hope you and Nate can close out with some great <laughs> NFL talk. All right. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it, man. All right. Talk thanks. soon. See you, babe. All right. How about that, Nathan? Connor Bame joining us. Talk college football. And this is I'm so glad you showed up because we get on our Skype call to start planning for the show. And I'm like, you ready to talk some college football and NFL? And he says... I did not watch any football today. So, <laughs> and then you told me I only watched and I watched every NFL game this weekend. I uh, I wouldn't say every NFL, but I was I was definitely watching Red Zone the majority of the time. There were some exciting games going on. So, how about we'll we'll get started on this one. We'll run through all the scores. Titans coming out on top of the Baltimore Ravens, thirty to twenty-four. What'd you think about that game, Nathan? I think that, you know, I it's kind of been a trend the last couple of weeks, but teams have figured out Lamar Jackson. I think that's yeah. the only thing to kind of take away. He's not able to, like, kind of go for those big runs anymore. And people are kind of forcing him to throw the ball, which I'm not saying he's a bad thrower, but he's not a great one. And they just don't, they don't look that confident. So I think the Titans are a good team, but I think, like, every week I've, I actually have my fantasy football team. And so every single week I'm like, there's got to be a point where this guy just goes off. But no, that's not, that's not the case. I feel like, uh, I think, feel like that happens a lot. It's, once you have a really good season, now teams have like a whole year's worth of tape to kind of figure out and regame plan. And I think that's showing. Yeah, it's similar to that rookie that comes up in Major League Baseball and bats 400 for two months, and then all of a sudden they figure out that you throw him a curveball off the plate and he can't hit it so much. Right. I totally agree. uh, (laughs) And then he gets in a slump. It's the sophomore slump, right? Sophomore slump, yes. So, Lamar, I I think this is not out of the norm for quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. There are a lot of guys who are mobile who have had to make adjustments to be better in the pocket, to be able to figure out these are the way that teams are adjusting to me and being able to still perform at an extremely high level when defenses are game planning against him. So you could look at RG3, you could look at Vince Young, you could look at some of those guys who peaked a little early. Those were the guys who... Yeah, you see this for a lot, these run 
I don't want to say run first quarterbacks, but extremely mobile guys who run extremely fast and they got to do a little more. Now, then you, you do have some guys like Russell Wilson who are able to make those adjustments and continue to play at a high level, but it's not, it's not out of the norm for quarterbacks such as Lamar Jackson to find some struggles and really to peak early in their careers. Yeah, I agree. And like the, uh, the common thread between those quarterbacks that you named and I, I think Russell Wilson was the only one that wouldn't fit in this pack, but if you're a pass-first quarterback with just so happen to have very good mobile ability like Russell Wilson, you can fare out. But if you're someone like Lamar Jackson or Vince Young, where you rely on your legs more than you would your arm, yeah. you're eventually just going to get figured out. Yeah. And that's where I think what you got to do in this situation, if you have a quarterback like that, is just max out on him early because you're not going to – this is what you and I talked about last year with the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. It's a team that does not have a good offensive line, and he's a guy with really good legs. Let him run. Let him do stuff. He's not going to turn into some outstanding pocket passer and just change his career. you got to play to his strengths and maximize on what you have before you – squeeze out as much juice as you can. I agree. There's a there's a short life amongst NFL players nowadays. Yeah, especially run running quarterbacks. Yep, that's for sure. So the Ravens, I gotta say, this is it. Feels like, in as a Steelers fan, this is where maybe sounds like there might be a little bias bleeding into it. But the Ravens for the last two three years, going back to last year, that early exit from the playoffs, and what I've seen this year. It just feels like they win all of the games that they should win in ter- the really easy games on the schedule. But when they go into these games, um, I guess you could say these are games they should win too. They they just leave more to be desired. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. And I think that's, that's, the, that's always a terrible sign. The ones that really can't play up to you know, like the good team's levels but know how to beat the terrible ones. So. I'm not hopeful for the Ravens this year. And I think I think that Lamar Jackson, I don't think he'll be a terrible quarterback. I think he'll probably like work on his arm and he's still incredibly young. He's still incredibly athletic and talented. So I think there's just a down year for him. But I think he'll get better. But I think it's just a good sign to, you know, you really gotta be, you know, as a quarterback, kind of have that arm be as as powerful as the legs. Probably the best game of the day, Nathan, was the Colts and the Packers, which just wrapped up as we were talking college football. I had it on in the background. I don't know if you saw the end of that game, but uh, Rodrigo Blankenship out of the University of Georgia kicking the game-winning field goal. He's that kicker. He missed a bad one in the college football playoff a few years ago. So good redemption story with him. He's also the guy that plays with the Rex Specs. But the Colts knock off the Packers 34-31. That's pretty amazing. Uh, the Colts are, I think they what they, they beat the Titans pretty pretty handily last weekend. Which yeah. Is a division yeah, Thursday night game. And then they come and beat the Packers, who are, I'd say, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I think that's exciting. I think it's just exciting for the Colts. They obviously have a tremendous defense who's dominating right now. And Great defense. Phil Rivers seems to be doing his job, and they have kind of like those three-headed running backs 
with, uh, what is it? It's Hines and then Taylor and then I think Wilkins. They all kind of play their part. They seem like they're running well. The only thing that uh, I think is a bummer is it seems like T.Y. Hilton's kind of lost his leg. He doesn't seem to be having the years that he used to. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem that way. But I also would say that part of that could be who's throwing the ball to him. Um, Philip Rivers, this team will go as far as Philip Rivers can take them. This is not the same Philip Rivers from as recently as two years ago when the Chargers went to the playoffs. Philip Rivers just isn't really the same guy. He's turned it over a handful of times. I don't have too much faith in the Colts for that matter, but it's just like, oh my goodness, they have a really good offensive line in addition to that great defense that they have. It's it's a winning recipe to win regular season football games. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Vita. I think that uh, I think <laughs> that no matter who you are, you got to go get a great quarterback. And I don't know. I think I think Philip. Hopefully, I mean he's there this year. I think it was a one year contract. So if if I'm the Colts, I think they realize they've got a, a good young players and exciting momentum and i'm gonna go try to find any quarterback next year speaking of new young quarterbacks justin herbert getting the win with the los angeles chargers today chargers are just three and seven but herbert has looked very good through for 366 yards three touchdowns 34 28 over the jets today yeah herbert's great what do you what do you think of herbert are you, are you surprised by how well he's doing? <laughs> yeah, I am. I can't remember the last time there was a guy that looked this much better at the professional level than he did in college because I was I was a skeptic coming in. I thought that he was a little disappointing in the second half of last season when he was a Heisman hopeful and Oregon was a team that we were looking at as a potential playoff team. And one of the biggest games they had last year, he didn't play well against Arizona State. Um, but he has a big arm. I think that maybe Oregon, maybe he wasn't fitting well with their offense. Maybe the, they have a better coach here in Los Angeles. But it's he's done very well, and he's had some uh, tough times around him because in terms of running back, I know Austin Eckler has been out, and Justin Jackson just got placed on IR. So uh, he's making the best out of it, I guess. Yeah, he is. He's not. Uh, I think he's playing better than any rookie this year. He's, he's, he's not only really like lighting up, but he just he, he looks comfortable. He's smart and he seems posed and I didn't really follow him much when he was in college. I just I don't watch much Pac twelve football. So I was I don't think there's anyone that he hasn't impressed. I mean he seems like he's here to stay. And speaking of quarterbacks in this rookie class Tua Tungo Vailoa, guy that I like and had been impressed with over the last few weeks, struggled today, actually got pulled, and Ryan Fitzpatrick came in for relief as the Dolphins fell to the Denver Broncos twenty to thirteen. Yeah, that was a that was a weird game. It was, I mean, Tua really couldn't do much. And in the second half, I feel like it's because they have a good record there. Not as like focused on kind of you know giving him experience and letting him learn rather than trying to win. And he wasn't scoring touchdowns, so they put nine sets, and he actually did pretty decent. He got the, I mean, I to, to my memory, he got the ball all the way down the field, and he threw a post route, and it got picked. It was, you know, it was a good ball, but this defender made a great play, and so they lost. 
but I don't know. It seems like Miami need a new life. And I think the coach obviously is saying that he's interested in winning rather than just breeding to us. Yeah, I was I was surprised by that. I was surprised he struggled too. I mean, I know he hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been as good as Herbert, but I, I do think he's been fairly decent. And I really have not been a big believer in the Denver Broncos for that matter. But Drew Locke played uh, fairly well today, 270 yards, um, and he got the W. That's, that's big because I know there's been a little talk about how, many, how much longer is John Elway going to be allowed to keep picking quarterbacks for this team because they haven't really been able to find that guy. And I'm sure he's still uh, hoping that Drew Locke can be that guy. Yeah, I have to thank you, Jack. I think uh, <laughs> I think Drew Locke is nothing exciting, and I don't know. I think the future for him is his ceiling is not that high, and his floor is also not that low. He's, he's kind of just boring. I don't think he'll be that great, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll stay in the NFL for many years and <laughs> be able to like a Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> he'll be. He'll start for a couple teams and maybe eventually be a backup. Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I, I think of like maybe like a Jay Cutler. He might have one <laughs> year. He'll have one or two really good years. But <laughs> Cowboys snapped their losing skid as Andy Dalton returned back to the Cowboys. They came out on top in Minnesota, thirty-one twenty-eight. That was surprising that the uh, the Cowboys would win that game because Vikings had previously won three straight. I thought they were going to re-enter the playoff mix with a win today, but that did not happen. Yeah, I uh, I think for all those Bears fans, you know, everyone that watched them last week, they, <laughs> they, they would be good. And so I thought that you know they're coming off a good win. And Dalvin Cook didn't have the game that he usually does. And so I thought they were going to be hungry to like keep winning and Dalvin to put up a bunch of numbers against, uh, you know, historically a really bad defense this year. But Dallas yeah. came through. That was, yeah, definitely surprising. Did you catch that game? I was kind of in and out of the game. I uh, I kind of caught the progression. I Minnesota kind of came back. Dallas was up for maybe the majority of the game, and then Minnesota came back, and then Dallas, like, I think had the ball two minutes left and they, they must've just held it out. I feel like I kind of popped it out like four or five times. <laughs> well, it looks like statistic. I didn't see any of it. Kirk cousins looked like he had a good day. 22 of 30, 314 yards, three touchdowns. They still lost that game. So I don't know if that's indicative of bad defense. I mean, Andy Dalton threw for three touchdowns, but I don't know what happened here. Yeah. I don't either. Kirk Cousins definitely played well. By the way, Kirk Cousins, it seems like Kirk plays better in November than he does the second half quarterback. Yeah, he uh, he definitely is. I think mo- most impressive than anyone on the Vikings team is his rookie, uh, his rookie receiver from LSU, CD Lamb. No, um, the one on Minnesota, CD Lamb oh. though is also amazing. Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought you were saying Cowboys. Justin Jefferson on yeah. uh, from LSU. Yeah. He is really special, and C.D. Lamas too. I think those are two receivers. Of, you know, they're going to be a superstars in the NFL. Yeah, C.D. Lamb had an outstanding catch today. By the way, I don't know if you caught I did that. See that in the end zone on that kind of uh, that fade yeah. route. 
Another NFC North team that disappointed the Detroit Lions go on the road and face XFL star PJ Walker starting in place of Teddy Bridgewater. And PJ Walker led the Panthers to a 20 to nothing victory against uh, in the Battle of Wildcats. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Vita, did you ever watch the XFL? You know what? I watched, I got to be honest, I watched more of the Alliance of American Football than I did of the XFL. Unfortunately, as the XFL, the XFL just got going. It was picking up momentum. And if there's one league that was the biggest victim of COVID-19, I would say it was XFL because they were just getting going. Their season was starting to get exciting. And uh, I don't know how long their season was going on, but I think at that point, I was just typically watching college basketball on Saturdays and Sundays. So I didn't catch as much of the XFL as I did, but I was really rooting for its success. And um, when the Alliance of American Football got going, I got into that fairly decently. I was disappointed that they took that away from me in the middle of the season. So I think maybe uh, I was setting myself up for heartbreak by not getting too invested in the xfl and maybe rightfully so due to covid yeah that was a bummer were you were you watching the xfl nathan i uh, i did i feel like kind of like what you said the, the first couple of weeks i feel like i kind of glazed and maybe watching a quarter of a game and then like the week after i maybe watched like half the game and then it started kind of getting like getting kind of interesting and like players started to become more familiar and i was like oh i can kind of see this working out and then you know, unfortunately, with COVID nineteen coming right at there, you know, kind of, you know, I think it was maybe like the fourth or fifth week when people started to get more familiar. Yeah, it was real early. Yeah, so that was a bummer. That was definitely a bummer. But um, that quarterback, it's PJ, right? PJ Walker, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he was. I always thought he was like one of the most exciting players in the XFL. So, if anything, it shows that the XFL could could be a foundation for people to get in the league and excel. I mean. I think he he had over like 300 yards. I know he had two picks, but still, he he showed that he could step into the NFL game and move the ball down the field, which should you know probably yield uh, him getting more looks and stay in the NFL for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I know he was like the guy of the XFL. He they were trying to make him the modern day. He hate me. He was in all the ads. Yeah, he, he definitely was. <laughs> he definitely was. Joe Burrow took a nasty big hit today, got knocked out, apparently said to his team as he was getting carted off the field, see you next season. Uh, Hate to see that, but Bengals, you got to protect your rookie franchise quarterback. You need to. And they've been putting him out there behind a bad offensive line, and unfortunately that happened today. Yeah, I think uh, I'm sure you agree. Are you do what you think Joe Burrow has been impressive thus far, Vita? Yeah, I like Burrow. I I really liked him last year. I think he's been good. I think he was in for a rude awakening last week in his first matchup against the Steelers, but they got it. They got to protect him. So this draft, if you're the Bengals, just only draft offensive linemen. All seven rounds, just offensive linemen. I agree. I think when like uh, I've seen him maybe one or two games, and he like the second he gets back to the pocket, you know. Players are in a space. So it's got to be hard to throw the football. So I think with anything with a young quarterback, there's nothing even more than receivers. He needs protection and he needs time. So hopefully the Bengals are smart enough to 
do what you just said, Vita. Maybe, maybe you should jump in their front office. <laughs> I think they should get right? CJ. Who's that? CJ Rivas. CJ's a Bengals fan. They should. <laughs> you would be good out there. You would be good out there. So the Redskins pick up the win, twenty to nine. Or sorry, the Washington Football Team. I've made that error a few times this season, but Washington Football Team now standing at three and seven, just a half a game out of first place in the atrocious NFC East. Yeah, that's that's really crazy. But it's good to see <laughs> Alex Smith back out there, and he's is he two and zero? I think right. Yeah. No. Did he? Didn't they lose? Uh, oh, they I can't did. Remember. Yeah, they lost the Lions, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he had Stafford. an outstanding day, though. Yeah, he did. He had like I think in the high three hundreds of yards. Yeah. I'm not this week, but the week before. But uh, you know, at, at one point they were gonna have to chop off his leg. So no, it's just cool to it's cool to see him winning football games again. Could the Red, Could the Washington football team? Actually, could Alex Smith lead them to a division title? I mean, they're only a half game out. The Eagles, we'll talk about the Eagles here in a second. Eagles lost again today. They don't look good. I mean, it'll be interesting. How many wins is it going to take to win the NFC East this year? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can put anything <laughs> past NFC East right now. I think six wins. I think six wins. Six and ten wins a division this year. I think my opinion, Nathan, is if you don't come out above 500 and you win your division, you have to forfeit your spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's easy you to be it. in a bad division. You're, and they're all playing each other twice. That's the worst part. Yeah, no handouts. Balls. No, there's no handouts. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. The, the NFC East is so funny. I feel like everyone kind of falls suit. Every single year in their in their division, they're are they all pretty good, or they're all pretty bad. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So then uh, the Eagles falling in Cleveland. Now they fall to three six and one. Browns pick up another win, seven and three for the Cleveland Browns. They win that game twenty two seventeen. There's a big chunk. There are like five or six teams that are sitting at seven and three right now in the AFC. So it'll be interesting to see who gets in and who doesn't. But the Browns are making a strong bid right now for that spot. And they also jump in front of the Ravens with the Ravens losing today. Yeah, they uh, and they just got Nick Chubb back, which is really big. I know last week. Yeah. So they look good. Kareem Hunt's really good. You know, they, they have a great backfield, the two-headed monster. And they're – where's Odell Beckham, actually? Torn ACL. Where's, He's done. Uh, so he's done for the year, right? Yeah. That's a bummer. I think if he was back, they'd have a real serious shot to be like a playoff contender. You know, I've never just, the thing is, I'm not a big Baker guy. I'm not a big believer in Baker. I need to see him, like, if he goes in and he wins a playoff game and he plays really well, then he could win me over. But I just, I, I just don't know about him. I'm not sold on him yet. Yeah, Baker, uh, Baker's just all right. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that uh, they have to rely on their run game, and their two-headed monster can you know keep dominating. There, only good things can come. But we'll see. I, I always, you know, I, I feel like everyone's got that soft place in their heart for the Browns just because they've <laughs> always sucked. 
and they've been good. So they're they're due. Oh, I got no sympathy for them after last year, what they did to uh, Mason Rudolph and uh, Deontay Johnson and everything that happened in that cruddy game. I I have no more sympathy for them anymore. I know, yeah. I'm with you. You're a Steelers fan, Buda. Yes, yeah. A couple more. We'll save the Steelers for last. Falcons, Saints, Taysom Hill getting the start today. I I didn't hear too much about how he... They ended up. Did they just not trust Jameis? I don't. I don't really know what happened there. Uh, you could probably help me with that. But Taysom Hill, 233 yards passing, 51 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Saints win that game, 24 to nine. I think that's. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like Taysom Hill, someone for years. Yeah. As we've all watched it, as as this like you know strong kind of rugged almost like just athletic do-it-all type NFL player. He's playing tight end, running back, quarterback. And to see him actually come in and play like the true quarterback like position for an entire game and actually excel. I think he also had some like rushing touchdowns as well. I thought it was awesome to see. And he came in as a quarterback from, from college. Yeah, BYU. So had to be, right, so that had to be uh, a really fun trip down memory lane for him. Well, it's just funny because every game for the last four years, every time he's returned a kick, Joe Buck has been. And by the way, if you didn't know, he played quarterback in college and he's their third string quarterback. They sometimes like to use him as a Swiss Army knife and they'll have him catch passes and throw passes. Every single game, Joe Buck does that. That's so funny. Did you you hear the big big drama though in the fantasy football world? No, what was that? I actually, Nathan, this first year, I'm not doing fantasy this year. Uh, you know what? You shouldn't miss it. It's not that fun. <laughs> it's not that fun. No, especially you, when you're especially doing well. Honestly, you and I've enjoyed the game so much more. I think the thing is, is at a certain point, you just start becoming so invested in particular players and you flip over to games just for those players that it ruins your overall enjoyment of the actual game in front of you and just watch football as as someone who loves football. And so I think that's it's kind of helped me refine my love for football because I I sort of feel like fantasy football and not for everybody, but I think that fantasy football appeals more to the casual fan than it does the hardcore football fans. Yeah, I agree. I think it it takes you away from, you know, room for the teams that you love. Yeah. <laughs> so, I agree. I uh I played one fantasy football league, and I'm pretty passive about it. Football's <laughs> some days are just a day that I enjoy, and so they're. I feel like naturally they're kind of my lounge day as is, as is. And so if I'm yeah. on the couch at at twelve o'clock, um, there's definitely there's, there's not much more fun things than watching you know a bunch of games for the next two to three hours. Oh yeah. So what was the drama in fantasy football this week? Um, it was at Hill was eligible as a tight end. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so so if you had Hill, you could play. You're playing as your tight end slot. <laughs> that seems unfair. I agree. I agree. But kudos for the people that had him. Yeah. They have to play two quarterbacks. I'm curious to know what his user ownage percentage was going into uh, going into the week. And then uh, at the end of the week before the game, because I'm sure he was started in over probably 60% of the leagues. 
if he's a yeah. if he's a tight end. But at the beginning of the week, how many people were owning a third string quarterback? Because I, I mean, he's not he's not getting that many touches as it is. No, yeah, that's that's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I definitely wonder. I think their sixty percent is probably about right. Maybe even less. I feel like he's he's too spotty to to keep on like a fantasy team. Well, he's but probably. I, I, I would bet, say he was owned by probably less than ten percent. If I had to guess, less than ten percent of leagues would be my guess. What he was I owned, at this, and then he was probably started in sixty to seventy percent of games this week would be my guess. I think maybe even like eighty. Well, it'll definitely be eighty next week. Yeah, well, I believe uh, someone told me that he's not going to be. I think next week they're going to correct it. <laughs> yeah, they should. But, but still, but still. As a quarterback, I think Breeze might be out for a little bit. I like that for the fantasy owners, it feels sort of like Billy Bean-ish or one of these really smart front office guys in baseball that looks at like yeah. advanced in- analytics and they're like, oh yeah, this guy, well, we can move him over to quarterback. on our. We can put him as our tight end in fantasy and he'll put up quarterback numbers. Yeah, it's, it's a Billy Bean move. I feel like some people <laughs> love fantasy so much that they, they truly feel like they're the GM of a real sports franchise. <laughs> so I can, it's true. I can see that being a, I can see some Billy Beaners out there. They, can, they, just made, they, they just made some big competitive advantage. Texans coming out on top 27-20 over the Patriots. Uh, that was a little surprising to me just because I started to get a vibe that the Texans had kind of quit on the season. They definitely had quit on Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien's out now. And is Romeo Cornell coaching that team now? Who's the coach? Yeah, I think it is Romeo Cornell. And I yeah, think that that... three weeks ago is when uh, Bill left and it seems like that the team is playing for Romeo Cornell. Yeah, it I does seem that way. record since. What do you want? Uh, yeah, it's a talented you, team. They should the not be three and seven. No, definitely not. I mean, they have they have a great football team. They've got you know superstars on the offense like Deshaun Watson. They still have got you know JJ Watt, a couple other studs. But it's it seems like Bill O'Brien really he must have really did a poor job. I mean, just really even from the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. I mean, yeah, he should still be here. You know, he's one of the best. <laughs> I think probably the best wide receiver in the league. Would you take Bill O'Brien at Texas? No, definitely not. <laughs> he, definitely not. He was only at Penn State for a year or two, and he did a pretty good job there. Yeah, he did, but I don't know. I feel like that if, if you're a coach and constantly, it's, it seems like he's having locker room problems. I think there's multiple stories of him and players not getting yeah. along. And I feel like if you, can, if you don't get along enough, with enough people, you can't blame the players. You probably blame yourself. And like in a college environment, it seems like your personality is almost as important as your scheme because it's all about like recruiting and getting the team motivated and excited and you know bringing the best talent players to your school. Or in the NFL, it's you can't really choose who plays for you, but you got to just kind of make it happen with with your cards. So I don't know. I feel like he lost. He definitely lost my confidence. Man, the Patriots are going to be wishing that they had lost a few more games, or sorry, uh, won a few less games. They could you imagine if they were the team that picked uh, Trevor Lawrence? 
I mean, every team that's going to have a losing year this year that doesn't have a franchise quarterback is going to wish that they lost more games. But, uh, man, I <laughs> the Patriots are maybe a little too mediocre for their own good. Yeah, they are. I mean, I feel like Cam Newton isn't exciting anybody. And I just could imagine a Trevor, a Trevor Lawrence, Bill Belichick duo. I can only <laughs> imagine what amazing things he can do with them. So I'm kind of surprised. I, I feel like that organization is like nifty enough where they realize that they have, you know, a, not a once in a lifetime, but a yeah. once in a long time, you know, type quarterback. And they still have, you know, a great culture and a great team and a great coach. And, you know, there's, there's no benefit in being mediocre. Yeah, and in, in a COVID year too, where guys aren't, some guys are opting out. It just felt like I, I actually thought maybe they'd lose more game or win more. <laughs> they'd lose more games at this point than they actually have. But uh, they're four and six. Um, we got one more game to discuss, Nathan. I saved the best for last. The Steelers now at ten and zero. I mean, it was an awful game. <laughs> There were not too many great games this week. I appreciate you coming on on a week where there wasn't too much action, but Steelers coming out on top of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27 to three, this Jaguar tanking initiative, their tanking plan is turning out perfectly. I mean, as a, as a Steelers fan, Vita, you've got to be excited. Oh, I'm honestly, Nathan, last year, I got to be honest last year. I mean, look, the listeners of this show know, I lost a lot of my enthusiasm for football last year, at least pro football. I was really disturbed by the Mason Rudolph game where he got hit over the head. And then there are weeks towards the end of last season where I just didn't even watch any games. Um, the Steelers weren't competitive. I mean, they were competitive, but they weren't the same team. They missed the playoffs. Then coming into this year, I wasn't super jazzed up for football, but then the Steelers have just been so exciting and I mean, the games have been really good. It's been a good season, but the Steelers 10 and 0. Oh my goodness, I'm all about the NFL once again. And my MVP pick, Nathan, if you're talking most valuable player, look no further than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's he's special. I think like he started to lose weight this offseason and he like started to get into shape and he's got so much experience. And so, I mean, for me, I, I would say, obviously, I'm not surprised by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but in a way, I, I knew that they were going to be a scary team. The Big Ben just kind of came with a different attitude this year. Yeah. In shape, and I feel like his years are limited, but he almost has, like, that Brady-esque type feel back there. Like, he's obviously <laughs> old. He obviously, you know, can't mobilize as much as he used to, but he just seems so comfortable, and he seems so used to throwing you know, in ways where most NFL quarterbacks wouldn't be able to do. So I think uh, if you're a Steelers fan right now, there's there's nothing but excitement. Yeah, it's an exciting year for sure. Nathan, who would your MVP pick be? We're 11 weeks through, only got six weeks left. Who you got? That's a great question. Um, I feel like you got to just give it to Mahomes still. Mahomes or maybe Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's had a really good year. If you're talking most outstanding, most or best performance this year, numbers wise and everything going on, I would go Mahomes for that. For that, in terms of like individual performer this season, I would go Mahomes. If you're gonna talk most valuable right. player, 
I made this argument last week on the show. I, I spelled out the MVP case for Big Ben. The Steelers last year won eight games total without Ben. With Ben, they've won their first 10 games. I mean, that's how big of a difference he is. So if you want to use the term most valuable and you kind of look at who wins this award traditionally, a lot of times it's like what Connor was saying is the best player on the best team, or at least I wouldn't really say it's that as much like he was talking about with the Heisman. But I'd say it's like the story of the season. And through the first 11 weeks, the story of the season has been the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's where I think the Steelers should, I think Ben should win this award. I think Mike Tomlin should win coach of the year, at least through these first 11 weeks. We still got six weeks left. But with Russell Wilson, I'd actually say that while he is an outstanding player and he is an upper echelon quarterback, there have been games that they've lost due to him and he does have I mean a lot of these guys have weapons around him but I would say in terms of just winning and most valuable that's where I would go Ben if you want to go numbers I'll go Mahomes yeah I think it's just how the whoever decides the MVP is yeah. slice and dice is it but I think that Vita your your case for being big bad at least being the most like important and I think which also kind of translates to most valuable yeah what should if you were to take like the numbers out of it, because they won eight games last year, he's doing everything right. Their defense is obviously really good, but they're the best team, and he's been, I think, the biggest reason. Yeah, so, exactly. He's been most valuable yeah, I, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Without him, they were an average team. With him, they are an elite team. And we and we've got to give a, a shout out to Robert Spillane out of Fenwick, the, yes. the middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers out of the Western burbs of Chicago. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's like 24, 25 and he's, he's a starting middle linebacker for the best defense in the country right now. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome story. Pretty yeah, cool. He was undrafted too. Yeah. He's undrafted. His grandpa was a Heisman trophy winner in Notre Dame. Comes from a big family. I think it's awesome. It is awesome. We have a game just started right now, Chiefs and the Raiders. Raiders are up 7-0 early. I think that'll be a great game. Raiders won their earlier matchup this season. Who are you picking in that game, Nathan? Um, I don't see the Chiefs losing twice, the Raiders. So Yeah. For that reason, yeah. <laughs> Chiefs. I'll tell you what, man. I, I like my chances with the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders here, man. <laughs> he is so great. you you got to give John Gruden credit. Oh, man, I had no idea that we had this guy, John, from Vegas calling in. I had no idea it was Coach Gruden. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's, uh, he's, he's taking some time during the game to, to call into the show. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to call this spider 2 I banana <laughs> while, I, while I dial into my favorite podcast, the Jack Vita Show, man. That's actually really good, Vita. It's really good. <laughs> Oh man, it's too bad you never got to play in his QB camp. That would have been that would have been fun to see. Yeah, I could imagine spending two hours with that guy. I mean, he's hysterical. <laughs> he's hysterical. He'd assault you with a pool noodle. He would. But I feel like he would, he would kind of just laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nathan! Thank you so much for being generous with your time and for joining me tonight. I know you got dinner to get to. 
Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug or promote while you're here? You want to toss out your Twitter handle or anything of that nature? No, I would. You just, got a family business too. No, I would. I really just like to promote uh, the Jack Vita show. I think. I mean, I'm definitely an avid listener. I think Jack definitely has a wonderful way about him, and he knows more than almost anyone I know about sports. And and I love the story that he tells. So I would. I want nothing to promote but the Jack Vita show. And Jack, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's always it's always fun to to really get to get on a show with you and talk about football. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much for the kind words, Nathan. And hey, you are now outpacing your brother. You have uh, put up two performances on this show, and he's only been on here once. So you got some bragging cool. rights in the Rice household now. I'll, I'll definitely hold that against him. Yeah, bring that up at your Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the topic of the table. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Nathan. All right, Jack. Thank you so much. Take care. That concludes my conversation with Connor and Nathan. What a joy it was to have them both on here. It worked out perfectly to have Connor here for the college football, Nathan here for the NFL. Lots of fun on the podcast here tonight. If you enjoyed this episode of the Jack Vita Show and you'd like to hear more and you don't want to miss out on Sports Jeopardy, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Guys, if you like the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would be so grateful. If you want to make me grateful for something this Thanksgiving, which I already am grateful for plenty of things, I will be especially grateful this year if if I get some more five-star ratings. I think there are 36. Let's get to 50. Can we get to 50 by the end of the month? Wouldn't that be great? We'd only need 14 more. I'm, I'm sure if you like this show, you can do it. You can do it. Just write a few kind words on the uh, on the podcast review, and it'll really boost us in the Apple Podcast algorithm. That's why it's important. Again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. You don't want to miss out on Sports Jeopardy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tuesday night, November 24th at 7.15 p.m. Central Time, Live with Anthony Franz, Chase BB, Nathan Santo Domingo. Make sure you're following along for that. Guys, I hope you're all doing well right now. Keep on staying positive, trusting God, and just uh, we're going to get through all this. We're going to get through it. And honestly, I keep saying each week that we're going to get through it, but honestly, I think we're doing more than getting through it. I mean, I think a lot of us are developing a great deal of persistence and resiliency by going through everything that 2020 has presented. And I mean, I lost my grandma. I lost my dog. It hasn't been an amazing year in that regard. It's definitely been challenging, but it's also been a really good year in a lot of ways too. I mean, we've had a great year for the podcast. We got a website going and there's a lot that I'm really amped up about. And I can't wait to share with you guys of what I've been working on and what I'm going to be working on moving into 2021. And I'm sure that each of you has at least a couple of things that you're thankful for right now. So make sure you give thanks and thank God for those things. And it's easy to complain, but 
it's better for you to be thankful and to talk about the things that you are excited about and that you're thankful for. We all have those things. We all have things that other people do not have. And those are things that we should hold very dear to our hearts and be thankful for. Honestly, I was not planning on getting philosophic here at the end of the episode. So uh, yeah, let me just wrap this up. Thanks again to my guests. Thank you all for listening. Be back in a couple of days for Sports Jeopardy and college basketball. Until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>